This episode of the Girl in Progress podcast is brought to you by my very own online course, Procrastinator to Action Taker, which is now open for enrollment. If you have really big goals you want to smash in 2021, but just can't seem to get started or stay on track, this is a course for you. You'll learn a science-based five-step method to stop putting things off and start getting shit done today. The strategies you'll learn will help you gain back the 55 days you might be losing to procrastination every year. Plus, you'll get plenty of accountability and support along the way to help you stay on track with your goals. For a limited time only, I'm offering $99 off the course with a discount code ACTIONTAKER. Just head to a girlinprogress.com slash ACTIONTAKER or visit the link in the show notes to learn more and grab your spot. Welcome to A Girl in Progress, the self-development podcast for millennial women working on themselves for themselves. We believe it's possible to strive to become the best version of yourself, while also accepting yourself exactly as you are. Whether it's giving you a glimpse into the daily routines of inspiring women, or sharing the stories of those who started before they felt ready, this podcast is all about encouraging you to take imperfect action towards your goals and find productivity and success on your own terms. As for me, I'm your host, Emma Norris. I'm a journalist, author, cheese enthusiast, imperfect action coach, and the founder of agirlinprogress.com. Let's get into the episode. Known by her moniker That Brunette, Madeline Mondralen is a Brooklyn-based singer-songwriter. Stepping into the spotlight with more than just her cool electro-pop music, Madeline is becoming a powerful voice for female empowerment, self-love, and body positivity. You only have to listen to her latest song, Coolest Girl, an ode to female friendship, to know Madeline is really that brunette you want to have in your corner. Once signed by BMG Music and having been acclaimed by the likes of Billboard, Madeline is not a voice to be ignored in the music industry. But in our chat, we spoke all about the challenges she's had to overcome in the industry, what it's really like to forge your own path as an indie musician in New York, the importance of female friendship, how she gets inspired and looks after her mental health, and so much more. Madeline is just as cool as her music, so I really hope you enjoy this chat. Hey, Madeline, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, of course. Thanks for having me. So you are a musician, singer-songwriter under the name That Brunette. You have like a really cool, quirky pop sound and you're all about, um, I guess, providing a platform for young women to boldly and unapologetically learn to love themselves, which I think is awesome. But I'm sure, you know, getting into music is a very, I guess, tough and competitive uh, path. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey from you know, like a kid, I know you wrote your first song at eight um, to study music and then now doing this for a living. Yeah. So going back to, yeah, where I started, I've always loved writing songs and I think I just, I don't know like what gave me the impulse initially to write a song at like as a child, but (laughs) something did. And I think I just really loved like sharing them with my friends, like my little creations, you know? Um, And I think uh, it was just the most natural way that I, that I found to express myself like through words and melody, I think is just for whatever reason, the way that I am able to express myself emotionally most freely. Um, And I kind of just, once I, started never stopped so I um, did end up going to school to college for it was called a studio composition but it was essentially songwriting 
went to SUNY Purchase, which has a small um, songwriting program. I don't think it exists anymore, actually. I think it morphed into another, they like combined it with another major. But at the time, it was a pretty unique program. And I ended up um, bonding with a lot of people there who I'm still really close friends with, who are also really cool musicians and artists. That gave me a lot of opportunities as I, you know, came out of college and started pursuing music for real. Um, those relationships helped me a lot, you know, to um, expand and grow as an artist. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so what did you what did you do to first start it first start getting your music out there? Did you put it on YouTube? Did you I mean there's so many options now. Like I feel like it started with MySpace and now you can put your own music on Spotify. Like what what did you do there to get it out in the world? Well, initially and in, when I was still in school and I put out my first EP, I I think I just put it on Bandcamp at that time. That was like 2012 or 2013. Yeah. Um, so Spotify still wasn't really much of a thing. I don't mm. even think it was necessarily had, I don't remember when it exactly came out. I think out, it was like 2013 because I remember I was like yeah, first was like year right uni end. and I was like, oh my God, all this music in like one place. It was like yeah. a dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like right off the bat, I was just putting it on Bandcamp and then it somehow got discovered by like, um, a couple of blogs like line of best fit and um, crack on the road. And I didn't even do any PR. I feel like That's that would amazing. never, I feel like that would never happen now because it's just it's so too, competitive. Uh, and too, yeah. It's too social media. Crowded. Yeah. Inundated everything. Yeah. So That's, but you got in before. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And like, uh, radio bbc radio one uh picked up one of the songs so that was cool but like i i was i don't know really what i was doing back then you know i was just like let me just put this out there and i was kind of you know just scattered scattered and scattering my music around and see what uh, what sticks i mean yeah yeah. i feel like i mean we're all just figuring it out like we know none of us know what we're doing did you kind of go in with the goal of like I'm going to be like a famous musician or were you just kind of like following what you love and interested in or both? Both, I think. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have always been following this, you know, music is excites me more than anything else I've found, you know, so I've always been following that. But I think when I was younger, especially I did have like an idea in my mind of like being some famous musician, you know? Um, And I still, I'm hopeful that I'll eventually find my fan base, you know? Um, but I don't really, not focused on becoming some huge sensation. I just, you know, I... Finding your people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. yeah, amazing. And is that why you moved to New York to pursue the music thing? Where are you from originally? Um, I'm originally from Los Angeles. Los Angeles. So okay. I grew up in Marina Del Rey it's like right next to Venice Beach so that sounds beautiful <laughs> even the name <laughs> sounds like paradise yeah it's by the ocean it was nice I enjoyed it well you know I was a teenager so I enjoyed it to the, the extent full, that teenagers you know, extent that I was able to <laughs> yeah and um yeah so I, I I stayed in New York just because 
I felt, felt like I had found my people, you know, at, in college and we all just kind of, you know, ended up in Brooklyn. So, and just stayed. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't necessarily, I, I knew before I even went to school that like I wanted to go to New York cause I had the classic sex in the city syndrome of just like wanting to experience New York, you know? And I kind of felt like LA as much as it's like sentimental in my hometown isn't like the fully the city for me. Like I just felt like pulled. I mean, how cliche is that? But I felt really pulled to New York. So um, ended up in New York and yeah, I, I, I stayed because that's where I, I made the strongest connections I'd ever made in my life with people and, and just wanted to keep building on that, you know? So yeah. Amazing. I, I definitely get the impression it has like the best creative sort of community uh, and people from all over the world, obviously. I'm always mm-hmm. sort of curious about yeah moving to New York because obviously I mean for me it's always been a dream. I feel like maybe maybe it's mm-hmm. everyone any creative's dream. Yeah, and like all what everyone tells you about like oh it's ruthless. New York mm-hmm. will like, chew you up and spit you out. Did you find it to be like that? Like were you obviously quite young when you moved there? I don't know if it's New York that chewed me up and spit me out as much as it was just the music industry itself. So. I don't know if that would have happened anywhere I was, but yeah, probably in any happen. creative field. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've definitely gone through, you know, the rose colored glasses phase uh, and then out the other end into an older, wiser, more perspective phase, uh, which I'm in now. Um, but New York, I don't know. I've never felt like, totally like fed up with this I mean I guess I've I felt fed up with like the grind of everything Mm. and like you really do have to like hustle and make your money and however you can make it and pay your rent because it's not cheap and yeah life is expensive here you know so that part does frustrate me but I don't know there's just so much diversity here and so much life all around you all the time and I'm very lucky to have I keep bringing it up but like you know like a circle of people that like are supportive and so I've never felt like the city itself because the city is the people you know yeah so I've never felt like rejected fully by New York as an entity but definitely the music for sure is ruthless what are some of the challenges that you've been through with the music industry um well I right out of college got a deal with a company called BMG which is like a big um, pub, music publishing company and I was brought in as a as an it was like an artist development slash writing deal um and they, you know, gave me an advance. They set me up with tons of different producers. They, like, sent me on a trip to L.A. to work with different people. They found me a manager, all that stuff. Where, you know, they were constantly telling me, like, you know, just, like, hyping me up, I guess. Like, I now what I look at is, like, false promises, you know, just mm-hmm. – um, telling me like, oh, well, it takes time to get to the top, but don't worry, you're going to get to the top. And oh, this next thing is definitely going to work out. And oh, this song is definitely going to get picked up and then nothing ever really working out. And then it just kind of imploded on itself where like, 
my A&R person there dropped off the face of the earth. Then my manager dropped off the face of the earth. And I was just kind of left in this deal with no one even knowing or caring who I was at this company that I was signed to. And I felt like, you know, that was when my, it was like a big reality check, you know, for me um, at that point, realizing that the big lesson is no one's going to do for you what you don't, what you don't do for yourself. So Mm. I think as a young person who was offered And this happens to so many people. But as a young person who was offered some seemingly glamorous deal or like a shortcut, not that I necessarily thought of it that way at the time, but I think I didn't realize that it was, you know, shortcuts. There's no, there's no easy way to get it. It it seems too good to be true in normal ways, unfortunately. But that sucks when you're excited about something and the promise that something holds. But I guess sometimes there's lessons you have to learn from that. And I've learned such good lessons from that because I will never allow myself to be, you know, manipulated by any, any sort of manager, record label, publishing company, I ever come across again like I'm I just know my worth a lot more and I know who I am as an artist more and it was a really good lesson to learn so as much as it has been difficult for me to swallow and have definitely beaten myself up about it over the years and whatnot I I'm you know if I had like popped off when I was 22 or something like that I probably would be canceled right now because I was like, who kn- I don't know who I was back then, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the things we have to go to for the, go through for the growth. So now you obviously sort of represent yourself and are kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, pushing for your own success. What sort of things do you, I guess, like what does an average day look like for you at the moment? At the moment. I mean, we're all kind of in weird limbo, COVID yeah. land. But, yeah, like, as an indie musician, like, what, what does an average day look like? Yeah, so basically it depends. It kind of depends on, like, what phase I'm in. Like, if I'm in a writing phase, recording phase, or output phase, which right now I'm in an output phase. So that means I'm just focusing on my release plan, like when I'm putting what out, what all the materials I need to pitch the each release um, and looking ahead. Cause I have so much music that I've recorded over the past couple of years that I'm, I'm like have a whole calendar going of like when I'm going to be releasing things. So that's been my main focus lately is just really trying to get, all my ducks in a row, you need all your visuals, you need if you're going to make videos, you need them to be made and done by a certain time so that you can pitch them early enough, you know, there's just a lot, it's like you're constantly juggling, so I will focus on that mainly, and then, you know, here and there, I'll keep, I still am writing songs, you know, but not at like a super focused pace with that right now, I'm, I'm more, um, just doing that when I feel inspired to, but I am looking forward to like the holidays in the fall because I feel like that's when I will just innately want to start writing more. I just feel like I never write as much over the summer for some reason. I don't know why, but 
Yeah, you're probably out having fun. <laughs> I mean, not that yes, songwriting. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's when you get the inspiration and then you yes. can take the inspiration and Precisely. take it yeah. I always find it really interesting hearing people's songwriting process because I'm a writer but, like, you know, a writer for, like, magazines, blogs, etc. But, like, a lot of songwriters seem to kind of work in the same way where they're kind of, like, sitting down and, like, getting in the zone and, like, laser focused and being, like, I'm going to, like, write for this amount of time. Um, like, is that the case for you or are you kind of, like, when inspiration um, Well, if I'm, like, in a session with somebody, then, yeah, I'm, like, here I am for six hours or whatever and we're going to do this, you know? But, and that's super fun and I love doing that. With my, when I'm just writing by myself, I am not as, like, strict with myself, mm. I guess, in terms of, like, I need to finish this right now because I've written so many songs in my life and enough to realize that sometimes you you need lots of perspective in order to finish a song. Sometimes you don't, you know, but a lot of the time I'll start something at some point in life. It'll kind of just hang out in my voice memos or whatever for however long. And then I'll come back to it just by happenstance or somehow. And it'll, I'll just something will click and it'll be like, oh, this is how I can finish this song, you know? So yeah. I at the right you'll come to it at the right time. It'll then it will mm-hmm. kind of like flow naturally. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I will sit down and write a song from start to finish, but just as many times I will write half a song, you know? And yeah. Come back. So it really just depends on the song. Yeah. And how, where do you go to get inspired or like what are your sort of major sources of inspiration for songwriting and music? Lately, I've been really inspired by just writing about my friends. I feel like since I've been in a relationship, like a romantic relationship with my partner for like eight years at this point, like romance and like falling in love is not like at the forefront of my mind. I always think about this. I'm like, if I was writing a love song, it'd be like, cause I've been with my partner five years as well. And um, mm-hmm. it'd be about like sitting on the sofa watching Netflix. Like <laughs> it's pretty, there's not much to write about. <laughs> yeah. And like every once in a while, yeah, that'll, I, I will write about love, but like, I yeah. like to write about other kinds of love too. And um, I just, yeah, so that's been really inspirational to me lately. I've written a lot of songs about my female friends in my life um, recently. I'm always inspired just by life itself and the existential nature of existence. Um, yeah, well, I feel like so many of us are thinking about that, like especially at the moment as well, like, yeah. thinking about some of those bigger things. I want to talk about, yeah, your song, Coolest Girl. Coolest Girl or Coolest Girls? girl singular yeah yeah so I mean yeah I know a big theme in your music is friendships like what do those sort of female friendships mean to you or not even female just friendships in general (laughs) I think I'm very much the type of person who needs like needs my friends like needs my close friends and those relationships really mean like everything to me and I hold them really dear to me so, yeah, I <laughs> I guess they mean a lot <laughs> to me. Yeah, and that song is about one particular friend, like a lifelong sort of friend, is well, that right? One of my college friends, yeah. one of my friends that we met freshman year and have been friends ever since. 
um, who ended up moving back to her hometown and of Texas semi recently, like before the pan, like last summer, actually. So I guess it's been about a year now or almost a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of inspired by all of our, you know, I just, I think I just had the thought, how many bottles of wine have we had together? Mm -hmm. Like, if I really want to know how many, you know, and that lyric in the song, you know, that inspired that lyric, how many bottles of wine have we had between us? I'm pretty sure God lost count last New Year's Eve. Yeah, I love that lyric. Thanks. So I think that's kind of the vibe that inspired the song, just looking back on, you know, how many nights we've spent, how many great times and that we've had together and, yeah. yeah, I feel like there's not that many songs about friendship, like especially female mm-hmm. friendships. And But I feel like it is such a, like adult friendships are so hard because I was especially, you know, everyone's like moving to different places. Like I'm sure especially if you live somewhere like New York where people are so like transient. Yeah, people are always coming and going. Yeah, how do you, I guess, how do you deal with that? I guess social media does make, make that easier. <laughs> We're writing a song, exactly. We all need an outlet to get these. I literally, <laughs> almost out. any time a friend has left, I have written a song about them. So yeah. <laughs> oh, so nice. I tend to write, like, I can be very sentimental just in yeah. general, but especially in my songwriting too. Like, I am also influenced by musical theater in that way. So yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I definitely deal with that by, you know, trying to step back and have that broader perspective of, you know, they were here for that season of my life and that was good. And, you know, things always change. The only thing that stays the same is change. So, yeah. Do you send them the song and tell them that it's about them? Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. I'll send them like once I get like an actual demo down, I'll send it to them. Yeah. Yeah. What is the process actually like in terms of like creating and mixing music? Do you like, I feel like I'm not in the know with this. So do you use like software on your computer and, or do you go to a studio? Like how does it work? It depends for every artist is different. Some artists produce themselves from step A to step Z, you know, like they're just the only person doing it, doing their music. I personally love to work with producers that I enjoy working with. Um, so typically for me, I will write a song, decide that I want to expand on that song, produce, have it, you know, I always co-produce, so produce the song and then I'll think about, you know, which of the producers that I like to work with do I think would do the best with the song, which one, whose vibe is this song, you know, and then I'll send that, I'll make a demo of the song, just like piano vocals send it to the producer, see if they like it, um, and then go from there. If they like it, schedule a session. Usually bust out a good amount of the song in one session and maybe finish it up with one more session. Or sometimes I'll go, I'll just plan sessions with producers with no song in mind that I necessarily want to do and then just write a song from scratch in the session. So it's it, it varies, but I I tend to like to collaborate when it comes to production I'm not the type to just want to be like tunnel vision in my headphones by myself yeah because I'm just not like part of why I like the whole process is just interacting with someone and like we when you're with that producer that gets your music and they like your music and 
you have that relationship, you both get so excited when you like get something right or like, you know, it's just so yeah. exciting to experience that with somebody else. And it's just, I feel like, you know, two heads are better than one. Not that one yeah. head isn't great, but I just really love It gives that. you more perspective and, you know, you're getting access to someone else's wealth of, you know, life yes. experiences and like their taste as well. Way, right. If they're way better at, you know, driving the, the music software, like I'm not the greatest at, like I know how to use, I use Ableton, I've used Pro Tools yeah. in the past but I'm no expert. So why not work with, I'm an expert at songwriting. They're an expert at production. Let's, you know, fuse Yeah, it's like our... any business. Like sometimes you have to outsource. I'm huge on like outsourcing, you know, graphic design. I'm like, I'm not going to be the best at that. So let someone who's like, that's their zone of genius. Let them do what right. they do best and I'll do what I do best. 100%. Yeah, but I, I'm always, I, I like am completely collaborative and I, I have plenty of production ideas, but I'm not the one physically putting it into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you recently, well, I don't know how recent it was, but you changed your name. Um, you were sort of performing under your own name and now you've changed to that brunette. So tell me a little bit about, yeah, that decision. Yeah. So I was Madeline for a while for, I was Madeline Mandrala. Then I was Madeline. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I wanted to just separate myself from like my early twenties phase of my music career, I guess, um, based on just having some negative um, feelings about it. Uh, some of the music that I released during that time, it, I don't know, like I was, I was, I had been pressured to put certain things out, to do certain things. I just didn't feel like that body of work as Madeline necessarily um, rep completely authentically represented me as the artist that I am and the person that I am now. So I wanted to have a fresh page and pick a name that wasn't my name, first of all, because I think it is refreshing to just protect yourself a little bit in that way where it's like, yeah, this is the artist me and not the me me necessarily, you know, it can be difficult to face so much rejection all the time as an, as an indie artist. So I think by separating my real name, that helps me mentally to separate it a little bit more. Um, and then I just was brainstorming different ideas. I think I wanted something more like a neutral name that was just would let the songs kind of speak for themselves, you know? Um, so I just chose that brunette because I wanted something that was authentic. I'm, brun I'm a brunette girl living in the world. I am, you know, in a sea of other 20 something brunette girls living in the world, you know? Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> Exhibit <the> idea, <laughs> Right. So like, I feel like it's, it makes it even more relatable in some ways. Like, and it's not even just like, Oh, it's relatable to brunettes. Like, no, it's just like, you're that girl. We're all that girl or what not necessarily girl. Even it was just like, we're all, if you zoom out, you know, you can't really tell us apart that well. We're all yeah. just people walking around, you know? So that 
I felt was that name kind of embodied that um, idea. Yeah, you might just be able to hear the song for the song and not as this is a Madeline song or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely something nice about having like a fresh slate, like a new name. Like it kind of can mm-hmm. feel like you're sort of like stepping into like the next sort of stage of your journey. And yeah. I mean, I know that everyone has struggled with this, but I mean, have you struggled with anything in terms of, yeah, I guess like stepping into who you are authentically, mm-hmm. like whether it's in terms of body confidence or like gender identity, anything like what are some of the things that you've dealt yeah, with? In terms I, mean, of I definitely struggle for sure. A lot for me. <laughs> we my, all do. <laughs> yeah. My struggle is more, I struggle with like mental health, I guess you could yeah. say. Um, so I, I struggle with comparing myself to others, comparing to myself, comparing myself to who I thought I should be at a given time in life. Um, I, I tend to beat myself up mentally quite a lot. So I, that is my biggest struggle. I mean, I've, I don't think that like, I've definitely had like a journey in terms of like discovering my sexual identity and all that too but I wouldn't say I've necessarily struggled with that especially not how so many other people have like yeah and especially living somewhere like New York like Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I don't know I don't know what your what your situation is but I feel like New York is somewhere that everyone is in bright well that's at least how I like to think of it very accepting definitely very accepting so that yeah my struggle is definitely more like internal Internal, my relationship with myself and, yeah. and learning to be kind to myself. So how still have you worked, Yeah, I mean, we're all still learning. How have you worked through that? Is, like, does songwriting help or do you do anything in the way of, like, mindfulness? I try, yes. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> I try to um, sense, keep myself as grounded as I can, which is not the easiest thing for me to do. Um, but I, I also, um, practice reading tarot pretty regularly. Mm. And I feel like that helps me to kind of step outside myself and think about things differently. So that's kind of like a, a quick and easy, well, you know, like a handy way. Spiritual practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah cards are there I just will pull a card or two helps me kind of check in with myself um I'm I have I've just started therapy again I've done it on and off in my life and that I mean I think when you find the right therapist it really makes a huge difference too so it can be such a process though like it's so expensive therapy here in Australia like like you, so you feel like you have to spend like hundreds of dollars, like just with like all these different right. people. But I think it's good that like, it's becoming more accessible online as well. So that kind of takes a bit of a boundary away, which is good. Yeah. So I'm still, you know, I'm no, I'm no spiritual guru by any means at all, but I try to, I definitely feel a connection to the universe at large. I personally believe in, reincarnation I believe mm-hmm. in all that so I it's comforting to- it's I feel it like is. it's comforting it I like to I am trying to believe in it because I feel like 
it's well nice I can still think that this isn't the end <laughs> so if you have any good I recommendations can... on things to read yeah I mean I, I have all these books <laughs> about like um past life regression and yeah, stuff like that so interesting. or like life between life regression that I read like years ago that really like inspired me and I still you know if you ever want to feel just just look up near-death experience talks on YouTube and have yourself a good old time because get in the rabbit hole with that that's yeah, fascinating people have such amazing stories people that have either technically died and then come back into their body like all those all their stories are very different but that so many of them have a common thread where it's like when you on the other side of this physical realm is just positivity and love like we can't even comprehend and that yeah. is a common theme in almost every story of people Sorry. who have experienced their death so yeah it's I'll not like necessarily based in science completely but I mean, you know, that's, that's a personal thing. If you, if you're able to, you know, suspend your, your disbelief, I guess, in order to contemplate these big concepts and not have it proven necessarily, but yeah, I could talk about this all day. So yeah, I know me too. I feel like it helps with mental health. I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners, I personally am super interested in this. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like it helps with mental health, like knowing, like reminding yourself that it, you're part of like the bigger picture, like, yeah. and right. that we're all just like yeah. <laughs> souls walking around. Right. I, it also helps me and comforts me to think about, well, if I don't make it, if I don't figure it out in this life, there's always the next one. Yeah. Well, I read recently, like every life is like a lesson, like you're here to learn a lesson. Like you're focusing you're not necessarily on, yeah. here to achieve something. Right. And the area area that you're experiencing the most resistance and struggle, whatever that emotion that you're coming up against that feels so uncomfortable. And that is probably what you're here to work on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that we've gone here. <laughs> I know, I know. Virtual realm, but some people listening will like, like, yes, like talk about it more. Cause it, like it is one I of mean, those things that, if you're interested, it's you can talk about something all that. that really does help me. So yeah, exactly. Um, and that, who, you know, bub- a good bubble bath is always fun. So yes, it's like a nice like, quick fix. Um, and who were your, some of your biggest inspiration, musical inspirations as an artist? I know that's like question yeah. one for musicians, but I am curious. Um, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, enormous Taylor Swift yeah. fan. Um, and I, so I love her. I love, I grew up loving like Joni Mitchell, um, Erica Badu, Bjork, obsessed with Bjork, St. Vincent is huge mm. influence. Christina and the Queens, I love her music, their music so, so, so much. Caroline Polachek, I listened to her when she was in Chairlift. That was, I don't know if you've heard of Chairlift, but. It sounds familiar, but I don't know if I They were, like, big in L.A., like, when I was in high school and stuff. So that's when I got into them. But she's an amazing vocalist, and um, she just recently put out her uh, first solo album as just Caroline Polishek, which is stunning. Have you heard the song, So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings? I'm not sure, but it sounds amazing. (laughs) Maybe. 
Okay, I'll listen to it right after this. <laughs> yeah. And then I've also been really loving Sudan Archives. Have you heard of her? I feel so uncool right now. No, no, no. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like full on Spotify. So, but yeah. she's played uh, electronic and regular, but electronic violin and it's oh, an wow. incredible songwriter. She's so cool. Um, I love this artist is pretty darn obscure, but Kahlo, and this isn't necessarily like a musical influence, but she just yeah. inspires me like with how good her music is. But have you, yeah. like, have you heard that song fake ID? That's like three, six, Maybe. Goes, one, one, if the, it's like, it's yes, like, I feel like I have heard this one. Yeah. It's like so good, but all her songs are just like, if you want to get lit in the chillest way possible, listen to Kahlo. I mean, so. who doesn't want that? <laughs> So, I mean, and then, of course, I love musical theater. So I yeah. love, like, I grew up with Sondheim, obsessed with, he's great. I mean, obviously, that's an understatement, but he's a great <laughs> composer. Um, yeah, I, I draw from all over the place. Lauren Hill. Yeah, a lot of strong I mean, female. Yeah, and I don't know if it all, like, it all just combines together and, like, comes out through me somehow, so... You know, yeah, I, I feel can't. like the ones that you mentioned that I know, I'm like, yeah, I see that. I see that in your music. It is kind of like a mix of all that, which is amazing. And how do you supplement, I guess, you know, chasing your dream with, I guess, you know, making a living in New York? Is it the Pilates for you? Well, like up until, up until the pandemic, I was just teaching Pilates full time and pursuing music full time. So, um, now I'm working part-time at a nonprofit and teaching part-time virtually. Um, so that's how I'm hustling currently. Was that the yeah. whole question? Sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's, yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I was curious Sorry. about. How, I guess the music industry has been hit super hard by the pandemic. Like, yeah, definitely a lot is going to have to change. I mean, I would feel weird even promoting a show, even if venues just open tomorrow. Like, I would feel weird being like, let's gather in a public space on my yeah. behalf. Like, yeah, uh, I know what you mean. It's going to be a, a minute before I feel like ready to, because promoting a show is hard enough. Promoting a show when you're not even supposed to be near each other is like, seems incredibly difficult to me so yeah I don't know you don't want to get cancelled on the internet either <laughs> right yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah it'll get there though awesome well yeah just to finish up I'd love to know what is the biggest piece of advice you would give to I guess uh anyone listening who yeah wants to pursue a big a huge dream a dream as big as yours what's the biggest piece of advice you would give them or that you would give your younger self yeah, let's see. Mm, I would probably tell my younger self slash any young person who wants to pursue music to take your time and be careful who you trust and whose words you take to heart um, and cherish your music and love your music because if you don't love it that then what's the point you know yeah and don't change it for anyone else 
but be open to evolution <laughs> in your music. I mean, that's natural and should happen, but you know, there's fame is not worth a damn and or acclaim is not worth a damn if you're if what you're famous for isn't authentic to you. So there's really no point in in trying to fit a certain mold or trend or algorithm you, that you think will make you pop off or whatever if you're not proud and super connected to what you've made, the music that you've made. So I think authenticity and it, that's just the most important thing is staying yeah. true to staying true to yourself. But really, it is. Oh, that's great advice. Awesome. So where can everyone find you and your music? So my music is on all streaming platforms, That Brunette. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is is underscore That Brunette. Um, same thing for Twitter and TikTok. And if you like really random niche comedy about Taylor Swift or um, lately, I just literally yesterday made a TikTok about My Favorite Murder, the podcast. Do you listen? Yes. Yes, so I, they like I feel like about, that's the OG crime. <laughs> yeah. So they talked about not having a TikTok presence in their latest episode. So I made a TikTok where I <laughs> used that conversation. I posted on on Instagram Reels, and it currently has over seventy thousand views because wow. they reposted it in their story. That's so Side good. Note. That's yeah, like I'm definitely checking this out after. <laughs> Yeah, follow me on TikTok. That's the moral of the story. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so, so much for coming on and being so real with us and sharing your journey and all the ups and downs. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Girl in Progress podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe and leave us a review. You can also check us out over on agirlinprogress.com, the online destination for women working on themselves for themselves. Or get social with us on Instagram at underscore girl in progress. Can't wait to see you there.